0: Gospel of Luke, chapter number 11. And uh, we're going to focus on verse 4, but I want to read the end of verse number 1. Uh, well, I read verse 1. And it came about that while Jesus, while he was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples. Lord, teach us to pray. You know, there's many people in this life that don't know how to pray. There are people who think they do know how to pray. But how many of you know that we need to look to Jesus to find out exactly how we are to pray? Because that is the only way that God will hear us. We might not know how to pray, and we could be rambling all day, and if you don't know how to pray, all you're doing is just speaking words. And some people think they know how to pray, and they think they're being heard, but they're just spewing out all types of words, also going nowhere. There's people who don't know how to pray, there's people who think they know how to pray, and all that's coming out of their mouth is words that's falling short from the ears of God. Because unless we look to Jesus to find out how we are to pray, as the disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And what did Jesus teach us? What is it that Jesus said to us? That we are to pray to the Father in and through his name. Isn't that correct? Yes. And that when we go, when we lift up our prayers to God in and through the name of Jesus, Jesus declares to us that Father God will hear you. There's no question about whether he will or will not. But if we are washed in the blood, if we are are in relationship with Jesus Christ, desiring him in our lives and desiring to follow him, if we repented of our sins and said, Jesus, be my Savior and my Lord, come into my life, he opens the way for Father God to hear us, In his name, in and through his name. Amen. And Jesus gave them a prayer. You know how it goes. Our Father who art in heaven, he goes all the way through. And our focus tonight wants to be at the end of that verse that he gave. And forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And it says, and lead us not, and lead us not into temptation. As we look, we live in this area where, as you look around, you see a lot of, of rolling hills, don't you? They're not, I don't know if they're really mountains, but they're big hills, rolling hills. And, you know, when you drive and go over those hills or you drive over those things, the road winds mostly. You, how many of you know it's not a highway going over the mountain? There's usually winding, curvy roads, right? And so there's always, there's always bends and turns and stuff. And as we're looking at Christ, Jesus, as he walked, journeyed through to the cross, we see that as his journey to the cross, it took a lot, there were a lot of turns. There were a lot of ups and downs, up on top of the mountain, down into the valley, top of the mountain, down into the valley. You know, when Jesus was going into Jerusalem, he, there was a crowd out there, and they were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed be him who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. There were festivities. There were shouts. There was a party going on. And they were shouting out, Hosanna, save us. But then Jesus goes into Jerusalem and all of a sudden the mood changes. Now from the from the celebra- celebratory thing, Jesus picks up the whip and drives out the money changers. That's, that was a whole different scene, wasn't it? Because now Jesus saw that they were making a mockery in the house of God, and Jesus drove them out. And that, Then after he drove them out, the Bible says he, he began to teach in the, in the temple, and he began to heal people. Again, a time of rejoicing, amen? When people come to the Lord and he begins to heal them and minister to them, it's a time of rejoicing, isn't it? You know, it's that they were praising him, then, then oh man, and all of a sudden he's driving out the money changers and now he's healing the people again. And then the, here come the scribes and the Pharisees. And what are they doing? They're making a plot to kill Jesus. They're, they're, they're scheming and plotting to try to put him to death. But they could not prevail. They didn't put Jesus to death. And every time they were trying to catch Jesus in his words, But Jesus would speak to them the words of truth, the words from the scriptures, the word of God, and they had no answer. They could not find an answer. They could not answer back. And so things were up and down, highs and lows. And how many of you know that, that as there were plots to murder Jesus, Jesus sat down at the Passover meal. Judas betrays him. Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And then Jesus prays in the garden. He predicts, before he goes, he predicted Peter's denial. He prays in the garden, and then here come the soldiers with torches and everything, and they arrested Jesus. There were ups and downs. There were highs and lows in that journey to the cross, wasn't there? And how about us? Ups and downs. What a journey that Jesus took. You talk about a movie, you want to make a movie? Just look at the road to, the road to Calvary that Jesus was on. He was filled with praise in one time. Along the way, there's those plotting to kill him, those looking to trap him. But on the way, he's healing people, blessing people. He's fellowshipping. He's speaking into the lives of his disciples. Isn't it good when Jesus speaks into your life? Isn't it wonderful when Jesus touches your life in a special way? And everyone that came to Jesus, he did not return away or refuse. It was only those that were not believing on him, looking to do him harm, looking to trap him, that could not enter in to the, to the blessedness of the Lord Jesus. Do you have a good week this week? Our days and our times on this earth, as we live, our days and times are filled with ups and downs, highs and lows. Isn't that true? That's life. That's the way you live because that's what it's all about. But we have a Savior and a Lord. His name is Jesus, who is walking with you and and is with you. He says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And Jesus is with you when, when you're up. Jesus is with you when you're down. Jesus is with you every time in between. He never leaves you or forsakes you. He's with you through the ups and downs of your life. He's with you through the highs and lows of your life. He's with you through the joys and the sorrows of your life. He's with you when you're celebrating. He's with you when you're crying. He's with you when you're laughing. He's with you when you're tears in your eyes. Jesus never leaves you nor forsakes you. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. Isn't that right? Oh, what a wonderful Savior who is with us through all of life's changes, through all of life's ups and downs. Jesus remains the same. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our lives are filled with appointments and disappointments. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No one likes to be disappointed. But how disappointed was Jesus when people rejected him? How disappointed was he when people were plotting against him, who came to heal the sick, who came to open blind eyes, who who came that people might have life, and yet people were plotting those people around him who saw the miracles, saw the wonders, who heard the wonderful teachings of the Lord, yet they were plotting against him, Do you think he was disappointed? Ah, but all those that came to him, he appointed to blessing. He appointed to healing. Be healed. Be saved. Be cleansed. Be washed. What wonderful words, huh? Be healed. Be washed. Be cleansed. Be comforted. Be strengthened be filled with joy, be filled with peace. What wonderful words, what wonderful words that Jesus was able to bestow on those that came to him. But his heart broke, his heart, he was disappointed with those who rejected him. Because Jesus says he would in no wise reject anyone who came to him. But there were people who rejected him. Your life is filled with ups and downs. Your life is filled with people who will reject you. Family will reject you. When I gave my heart to the Lord, family, there was family that rejected, family that mocked, family that laughed. And those disappointments hurt, don't they? But Jesus is with us in the times of disappointment, in the times of hurt. Jesus is with us to be our comforter because he says he gives us another comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with us no matter what. That in the ups and downs, though life disappoint us, Lord, yet we can find comfort in and through those disappointments in Christ Jesus and in the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we know that life is filled with choices that we make. Sometimes we make bad decisions and bad choices. Our behaviors could be better. Our attitudes could be better. And sometimes it's those wrong choices, those bad choices. Sometimes it's the attitudes or the things that we do that brings us down into valleys where we become hurt. But yet Jesus is there to to heal us, to restore us and bring us back up and out of those things. Thank God. Thank God that we have a Savior who walks with us through the valleys and the the mountaintops. Hallelujah. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Hallelujah. If God is with you, where should fear be? Fear has no place in our lives because thou art with me. Hallelujah. Valleys are low places. Yea, though I walk through the valley of whatever it might be, I will not fear for thou art with me. Hallelujah. I don't care how down you feel, how down we feel. We all feel down sometimes. We don't constantly live on a mountaintop. That's not reality. That's not life. We're there sometimes. Sometimes we are on the mountaintops. But there's times we get down in the valley and, Oh Lord, I... But yet I will not fear, for Thou art with me. And You will see me through the valley. You'll see me through the fire. You'll see me through the water. You'll see me. I will not drown. I will not get burnt. I will not die. But Jesus, You have come that I might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus is with you, the presence of Jesus, there's victory. And there's also defeat, but not defeat for you. When the presence of Jesus walked into the temple and the money changers were there, they were there for greed and they were there for all kinds of other things. But when the presence of Jesus came, the presence of Jesus defeated and conquered and drove out all that wickedness. The presence of Jesus defeats the presence of evil. It defeats the presence of wickedness. It defeats it. Jesus has the scepter of righteousness. And wherever the presence of Jesus is, the enemy must flee. The Bible says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So the presence of Jesus defeats the enemy. But yet the presence presence of Jesus brings healing to everyone who enters into his presence. How many of you know there's healing in the presence of the Lord? Through his word, through his blood, through his very being, there is healing. Judas betrayed him. But Jesus defeated that betrayal by dying and rising again. Hallelujah. Peter denied him. But Jesus forgave him. Hallelujah. Victory prevails in the presence of Jesus. To those who look to him, to those who believe in him, to those who trust in him, there is victory. The presence of Jesus in your life brings forth victory. How many of you believe that? That Jesus, that Christ in you brings forth victory. Jesus didn't come into your life to bring defeat into your life. Jesus came into your life to bring victory and triumph into your life, to make you more than a conqueror in all things. The devil tries to come into your life to bring defeat, to bring downcastness, to bring condemnation. But Jesus has come into our lives to bring forgiveness and victory and triumph, to be the glory and the lifter of our heads. So there is victory in the presence of Jesus. And Jesus desires to lead you, to lead us into victory every day that we live with every breath that we breathe. If you're breathing breath, if you have the breath of life in you, Jesus wants you to experience victory in his name, through his blood, through his life. Jesus says, you are more than conquerors. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, Jesus, thank you for your wonderful presence in our lives. That presence that brings us onward to victory. That brings us up out of the muck and the mire. That brings us up out of, out of despair. You bring us up and outward into victory, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 8 says, I'm persuaded. Romans 8, 38 to 39. I'm persuaded. Nothing. Death. Nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, no height, depth, nothing, 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 nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. If Christ is in you, nothing can separate you from his love. Hallelujah. One thing does the Lord wants of us, he desires us to come, enter into his presence. You know, Jesus wants you to enter into his presence. Yes, Christ is in us, but there's a special thing about entering into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus was with his disciples, when he was was with them at the Last Supper and the Passover meal, when he was with them in the garden, when he was walking with them, when he was talking with them, What was he doing? He was present with his disciples, present with those who believed in him, present with those who trusted in him, present with those who wanted to learn from him. And he began to teach them. He began to lead them. He prayed with them. He talked with them. How many of you know Jesus is praying for you right now? The Bible says he is interceding for you because he is our high priest. Just as he prayed with his disciples, he never ceases to pray. He's continually praying praying for you at the right hand of God the Father. He wants to talk with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to lead you and guide you. And that's why he says, come into my presence that I may teach you and lead you and guide you and pray with you and speak into your hearts. Those disciples were changed people. Why? Because they were in the presence of Jesus listening to the words of Jesus, receiving the words of Jesus, taking them to heart. Do you take God's words to heart? Do you take the words of Jesus to heart? Because it's those words that bring life, that bring change, that bring transformation into your life. The words of Jesus influenced and changed their lives forever. Those men and women were never the same since they've been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Your life was never the same since you came to Jesus. Since you've been in the presence of Jesus, since you're listening to his word, since you're receiving his word and taking his word to heart, your life is forever changed, forever being transformed. You're not the same that you used to be. Why? Because you put yourself in the presence of Jesus and said, Lord, speak. Your servant listens. Lord, your words are wonderful to me. Lord, I want to eat your words like the finest of foods. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And even today, when you spend quiet time putting yourself into the presence of Jesus and say, Lord, speak to me, your servant listens. Lord, let your words speak to me. It will have an everlasting effect on your life. It will grow your faith. It will grow your love for Jesus. It will grow your love for one another. It will impact your life from now until eternity. God's word does not return void. What does it say? My word will not return void. It shall accomplish that for which it was sent to do. And it was sent to bring life. It was sent to give you life. It was sent to grow you and mature you and nurture you. It was sent to give you hope. It was sent to give you a future and a hope. It was sent to give you, let you know that Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. To give you victory and triumph in your life. We hear it through the testimonies of every week. We hear it. That God is a God who wants victory to come into your life. Blessing to come into your life. Hallelujah. And that's what the work of the Holy Spirit does inside of us. The Holy Spirit is always working in us to get us into the presence of God. To worship him, to praise him, to eat, and take his words to heart. Hallelujah. Simon Peter says in John chapter 6, verse 68. Simon Peter said, Lord, whom shall we, to whom shall we go? Because you, thou hast the words of eternal life. Who else is there? You alone, Jesus, you alone are the words, word of life. You alone have the words of eternal life. Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. There's power in the blood. There's power in the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to whosoever will. Thank you for the power of salvation. Lord, that you gave us the power to become sons, children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Words of life. The Holy Spirit wants to bring us into that place of listening to Jesus. Worshipping Him and listening to Him. Have ears to hear the Word of God into our lives that will build us and grow us and encourage us. Hallelujah. Because every Word of God is God-breathed, it's inspired, it's anointed, and it has power. Brother Joe says, I want more of the Word. I love it when somebody says, I want more of the word. I need, I, me, pastor, Al, I need more of the word. When someone, that's, when that's your desire, you're in a good place. You're on a good track, Brother Joe. We're in good places. When we want more of the word of God, there's nothing better. God loves that. God smiles from cheek to cheek. I don't know how to say it. But God rejoices when someone says, Lord, I need more of your word. I want more of your word. Hallelujah. Oh, that is so God-honoring and God just will pour into our lives. His words of life. And as we are in that word, listening in the presence of God to the word of God, it changes the way we pray. Your prayers will never be the same as you spend time in the presence of Jesus. Jesus begins because, you know, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray, Jesus said, this is how you ought to pray. Our Father, when we put the focus on our Father who, who are in heaven, hallowed that he's holy, be, and you can go through the whole thing, it puts a whole focus on how we should enter into prayer and pray. Lord, my life is not about me, it's about you, and I want to get to know you. I want you to be active in my life, working in me and through me, changing me, molding me, drawing me closer to you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And so the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives helps us to get into that place where we get hungrier for God's word. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longs for you, the living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One thing have I desired, that will I seek after. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Jesus, teaching his disciples how to pray, he's telling them to pray, lead us, lead me not, lead me not into temptation. You know, sometimes when we think we're real close to Jesus and, we're, and when we're at that place where, wow, Jesus, that's when the devil tries to work his hardest to come against you. You know, when you're not trying to draw near to God, and when you're not, the devil says, "Yeah, hey, that's good. I'm not bothering them. They're going on the right way. They're they're not getting close to Jesus." But the minute you try to draw close to the Lord, expect that the devil will rise up to try to to try to tempt you and to turn you. From, term, from getting closer to Jesus. Because the closer you get to Jesus, the more you see him for who he really is. The more you take authority over him and all of his things. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you are under my feet. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Judas was close to Jesus, wasn't he? He was part of that inner circle. But the Bible says Satan entered into his heart and turned him to betray Jesus. Peter was close to Jesus, wasn't he? But wasn't it Peter who denied him out of fear? The devil, Peter allowed fear to get into his heart and he denied Jesus. When all the disciples were with Jesus in the garden praying, and then the soldiers came with torches, and they came and they arrested Jesus. At first they tried to fight, but then Jesus said, put your swords away. And the Bible says that all, they all fled from Jesus. Fear got into them and they fled from Jesus. Just when they thought they were close to Jesus, the enemy tries to come through betrayal, through all kinds of things, through fear or through all kinds, to get them to to move back, back off from their closeness to Jesus. But Peter, the one who denied him, but Jesus forgave him, didn't he? Peter, Jesus said, Peter, three times you're going to deny me. And Peter said, oh no, Lord, not me. I'm not going to deny you. But did he do it? Yes. Yes. But did Jesus forgive him? Yes, he did. Did Jesus restore him? Yes, he did. Because Jesus knows that the enemy has, has many different facets. He knows how to attack individuals. He knows whether fear or or money or, or whatever is going to make someone think twice about diverting their attention to Jesus. But later on, after Peter was restored and and. He, Jesus was resurrected. What did Peter say? Be sober and be vigilant because your adversary the devil goes as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. What does it mean whom he may devour? His whole thing is to disrupt disrupt your relationship with Jesus to see that you don't get into the presence of God. And so he tries to devour you with, with, with pride, with, with all kinds of things that, you know, we think devour means to eat you up and to gobble you up. Well, he tries to devour people with, with money, with pride, with arrogance, with all manner of different things. He tries to devour you, devour you meaning trying to keep you from getting into the presence of God. Because once you get into the presence of God, you know he's a roaring lion, but he's got no teeth, and I've got victory over him. He's under my feet, and I can trample on all the forces of the enemy. Devil, get thee behind me, Satan. In the name of Jesus, you have no power over my life. See, God doesn't tempt us. James says in 1.13, James 1.13, Let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Jesus says, pray that you be not led into temptation. But God doesn't lead you into temptation. It was the devil who would try to lead you astray, lead you into temptuous ways. This world is so pulled with temptations, being led into temptation. And once they get tempted and partake of that, it's harder for them to turn back to God. They get caught up in temptations. They get caught up in the deceptions of the world. You see, when Jesus was in the garden praying, and he prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. That's when he said to his disciples in Luke 22, verse 40. He said, he said to them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane praying, Father, not my will, but yours. And he said to his disciples, pray that you be not led into temptation. Fear was about to grip them. Fear was about to tempt them to, 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 to run away from Jesus, to leave, to whatever. And Jesus said, pray that you'd be not led into temptation. The devil, the world, and our own sinful natures try to lead us into things that tempt us, things that deceive us, Things that discourage us. Things that try to hide God's truth from us. And Jesus says, pray that none of these things have entrance into your life. God does not want us to be deceived, the enemy does. Deception brings a falling away. Discouragement can bring a falling away. And lack of the truth can bring a falling away. And Jesus says, pray that you be led not into temptation. You know, Corinthians ten thirteen says that there's no, no temptation given to us by which God has not made a way of escape. But God says you will be tempted. But God says, I'm not the one tempting you and I'm giving you power. I'm giving you a way of escape from every temptation of life, of the devil and of yourself. God is giving a, making a way for us to escape all those things. Why? Because God wants us to have victory over all things for His glory and for His namesake. God wants us to rejoice in the victories of Christ in us. God wants us to rejoice in the forgiveness of sins through His death and resurrection. Amen? So God wants to lead us onto victory and onto triumph. The devil wants to lead us into temptation that deceives us and discourages us and causes us to backslide from the Lord. And Jesus said, pray that you be not led into temptation. But you notice temptation can only lead you. It cannot force you. It can lead you like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So temptation leads you. It's like putting out a piece of cheese to a mice or something like that, or or an apple to a horse, or something that's dangling. It's a temptation, and it just leads you. But you can say, I will not be led. I will not be led to that temptation. Because God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have victory. I have a way of escape from that temptation. I don't care how good it looks. I don't care how good it sounds. I don't care what it's trying to offer me. No, my God is greater. My God is better. What he offers me, what he shows me, what he's giving to me is greater than any temptation. But Jesus said, pray that you be led not into temptation. Because a lot of temptations come with Fancy packages with real good looks. With real smooth words. But Jesus said, pray that you be led not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Deliver us from that. What it says is, where it says deliver us from evil. Some say the evil one. But it means evil. It means that which will hurt you and harm you. How many of you know that that the devil... It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything that is the temptation is leading you to a place where you will be hurt, harmed, abused, manipulated and everything else. So, When Jesus says, lead us, pray that you will be not led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the things that will hurt us ultimately, that we may enjoy for a season, but will ultimately hurt us and damage us and destroy us because the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so our prayer, she needs to be, Jesus, lead me. You lead me. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. And the shepherd, what does the shepherd do? He leads. He guides his flock. Jesus, lead me. It's one of the greatest prayers, three-word prayers that we could ever pray. Jesus, lead me. Yes, Lord, lead me. When you have Jesus leading you and guiding you through life's journey, you're on a good pathway. You're on the road of victory. You're on the road of healing. You're on the road of provision. You're on the road where you will lack for no good thing. For Jesus will be there. As we follow the Lord Jesus each and every day of our life, we can walk confidently, knowing that whether we go through the mountaintop or the valley, through the ups or downs, that Jesus is leading me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. When we know that Christ is leading us, we know that we are forgiven, we are, know that he is strengthening us, we know that we are blessed because of his very presence in our lives and his very presence leading us, and we know that we are blessed because he leads us on into victory. The Bible says lead us on, he leads us on in his triumphant train of glory, hallelujah. And so when Jesus is leading you, that he will lead you on into victory. He will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death. He will lead you through the waters. He will lead you through the fires. He will lead you wherever he needs to bring us. But while he leads us, he guards us. He strengthens us. He builds us. He encourages us. He gives us every good thing. Hallelujah. And so as we come around the table of the Lord this morning, it's Lord Jesus, I thank you for giving up your body and your blood. Shed for me. I want you to lead me all the days of my life. I will follow. I have decided to follow Jesus. Jesus, lead me. Lead me. Lead me. Jesus leads you to good places. He leads you to still waters. He leads you to green pastures for his name's sake.